Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. everyone and thank you for tuning in to food farms and chefs we love having you listen and subscribe and i would love to introduce you to samantha samantha um philip who is one of the co-owners or actually co-creators of <clears throat> crave nature's eatery so samantha thank you for joining us on food farms and chefs of course i'm happy to be here <laughs> so i I was trying to do a little bit of research on you and I did not find too, too much out about you, um, which is an unfortunate thing, but I do, I did find out that health and wellness is one of your passions in life. So um, where did you go to school and what did you graduate with? Yeah. So um, I'm actually a New York native. I live out in New York. I did come live here in Jersey the last two years um, as Crave was being built. Uh, with the owner, Violetta. Uh, but I graduated Hunter College uh, with my bachelor's in media studies. And then I did like a few minors in like psychology and things like that. Um, I'm from a ballroom dance background as well. So I've always been in that like competitive aspect. I went to LaGuardia High School there. So like the fame school <laughs> to do dance. So that's what I always thought was going to be um my route um that's how i kind of got here before crave was the idea there is a dance studio right next door to crave um and right as the pandemic was kind of um occurring and happening there was an opportunity to come and kind of work along this project and out of that you know the studio was about to close um and we had this other room and the owner did not want to give up her space she was about to you know rent it out to another business and something inside was like unsettling with her and she has this amazing like instinct gut feeling um <laughs> was telling her like don't do it she literally had the contract like drawn up and everything they were just one signature away from losing out that side of the dance studio and she said, uh, I was at her house and she just goes, you know what? No, I'm not going to do it. I've always wanted to open a cafe. Like, let's just do it. And I, when I saw her explain that, it was like a green light, like light bulb. I was like, oh my God, count me in. Because at that moment, that year, everybody's kind of figuring out themselves, right? Like going back to basics or, you know, adapting. I had just graduated college that earlier that year. So I was trying to find myself, I guess, so to speak. And I decided to take advantage to take like a bunch of courses. Like I did a lot of Tony Robbins training. I am a Tony Robbins. Um, so I figured, okay, it's a pandemic. Let me take time to figure out what it is that I want to do. And that's where I really found the common denominator of all the projects that I would constantly find myself doing as far as like dance you know, teaching at the studio, then jumping on for Crave, uh, doing like the the hair bi care business, right? Like with the vegan hair care skin. Like what do all of these have as a common factor? And that's wellness and health and, you know, um, just taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind, your body, your spirit. 
Um, and that's kind of like what's been my driving factor as far as anything that I say yes to. Um, and just what helps me keep my passion alive for Crave to constantly, you know, work and, and make it better. I love being able to, you know, go to the back of the counter, more or less always doing like the marketing side. And I kind of sit behind the computer most of the time. Um, and I helped, you know, create like the menu and things like that, but I'm not really there too, too much. So it was nice. Actually, I had to be like a more like counter person because um, we were like down a few people. So it was it's so pleasurable to, you know, make that bowl with the the individual, with the customer, seeing them like smiling, like picking out their items and, you know, walking out the smile or when they sit down and leaving with the smile. Like that just feels so good because, you know, you're also giving them like good food that is only going to enrich, you know, like the lifestyle. So I went off on a tangent, but that's kind of <laughs> No, I mean, it's a great tangent to go on. I mean, and also I wanted to just, you know, give a shout out for, for the fact that we are now in Women's History Month. And, you know, this business is owned by, I believe, four of you who contributed to it. So, and all of you women. Um, so I'm, you know, proud of you for that snaps. <laughs> um, and if, um, if you allow me to also, you know, put a, a little bit of a, a bridge, the, the building and the complex that you guys have crave out of it is, um, what is it? Viva, I believe Viva is, um, the, the complex. I believe so. Honestly, I don't know if it really has like a name. I always thought of it that way whenever I would come, you know, to take classes and stuff. And Violetta was like, oh, that's just kind of there. But she didn't really, you know, plan on it. Um, but it's funny because that's just what I was always calling it. So, yeah, we'll go with we were going to probably name it one day, like the wellness plaza or something, mm -hmm. because uh, you have the dance studio. So like your fitness, your movement, you have Crave, which is healthy food. Um, there's also a salon down um, at the first corner. So actually I'm just going to give a shout out because Violetta couldn't be here today for the interview. So I have to, you know, be her spokesperson and really hype my woman up over here because she really is a boss babe. Um, I don't know if like me using that term, but she is, you know, she owns the salon, she owns the dance studio and she owns Crave. Um, and she's kind of brought all of this like wellness aspects as well together. It's why I looked to her as a mentor um, and wanted to just like latch on and learn as much as possible from her. And it's been such a like great ride of like learning um, and being able to to be following like in her footsteps, so to speak, you know. Um, so it's just great to be a part of that. So I had to give her a specific shout out because without her, none of this would be alive. Like it would not be <laughs> well, I'm proud of her for doing that because she, I think, was not originally from the U.S. either. So she, you know, moved here um, and yeah. then started started those businesses. So uh, a huge props to you if you're listening. I hopefully you're listening. <laughs> um, but let's dive in a little bit into the menu that you guys offer because, as you said, it is healthy, and um, we have a lot of people who kind of contact us and are curious about, you know, healthier diets. And I know that you offer like the salads and whatnot, even salad bowls, I think in the morning as well for breakfast, um, along with smoothies. And I really want to try that wake up smoothie. Yes, that is a great pick me up. It has some espresso and 
chocolates and banana and who doesn't like a smoothie like that in the morning. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole uh, origin or the whole idea behind it was when we sat down to think of, you know, what was the menu going to be like and what was the style of how we were going to serve that food. There was a lot of ideas and a lot of bouncing back um, in between, but we realized based off of the location we're at, our community, there was there wasn't really like a healthy spot necessarily close by. You know, you're we're on Route One, so when it came down to what kind of service, we thought, okay, it has to be like healthy food, but something quick so that people going to work, people on their lunch break can come in, grab something, and feel good. You know, they don't have to go to a fast food restaurant where they're just doing it because of a time constraint. Um, so that's kind of where it started going. And um, as far as like building it, we wanted to be as simple uh, as possible when it comes to like the seasoning and how we prepare the food. So, you know, I'm proud to say that we only use extra virgin olive oil on like our hot food, our veggies, our rice, like all of that stuff. And it's lightly seasoned. Some things have a few more seasonings. The proteins have a little bit more like flavor in them. Um, but what makes it great is that it's lightly seasoned. It's baked. We don't have a fryer in the back. Like we are, we threw that out. At first we got one and we're like, why did we get one? Someone told us to get one and we're like, we don't fry any. So we just took that out and got another uh, oven instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could, the advent of air fryers, you can always do that. Like it gives the same crispness, but like with the healthy, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So now we have like a double stack because at first we had the one in the fry and we're like, this isn't going to work. So we got double up. So they're just in and out baking everything. Um, a few things sauteed, but we have our cold pressed juices, um, our smoothies. So the bowls, what's nice is you kind of can either create your own or you pick one of the pre-designed ones and you kind of can walk the line. You see the food in front of you if you come in person. So you see, you know, um, what you're putting into your bowl. And even when they're ordered online, they're made on the spot, right? So um, you have fresh ingredients, fresh food, uh, and it's quick and casual. Um, we have a beautiful uh, interior design that I love working out of. If only, you know, they, I get distracted because I want to go help a customer or something like that. So I have to sit somewhere else. But when I can just kind of, you know, journal or read or coffee or be on a zoom call also like maybe for like something um like some sort of call or I don't even know but it's just so nice to sit there I see people come in and work I see people come in and study I see people just come in and hang out apparently this is like a meet in the middle place I have had multiple people saying oh I'm meeting my friend here I live an hour that way I, she lives an hour that way <laughs> And we thought Crave was going to be the spot to meet in the middle. And it just like makes me like grin from ear to ear. My dimples get like deeper. <laughs> I'm like so like honored that this is the spot that they chose to meet at. Um, and we have people coming in every day. We have people coming in monthly. I mean, like the customers that are here are just honestly incredible. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, with uh, obviously the word of mouth has gotten out and people are, you know, come to you guys, it's popular and, you know, the weather is getting warmer. So everybody's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta gear up for those swimsuit, that swimsuit season. So I'm sure that you're getting even more popular because of that. But, um, with the cold press juices that you offer, do you have any kind of like immunity ones or any kind of like 
digestive aid? So we have four. We have our detox on the rocks, our immunity booster. We have the vision and we have our drink your green. So they kind of, they're really nicely colored. You know, you have your green, yellow, orange, and red, um, and they juice them and they bottle them fresh uh, and they're put in our grab and go. Um, so it's a variety of ingredients, you know, depending on what it is that you're going what you really want more, right? Whether it's like someone who doesn't really like to eat that many greens, that's great because, you know, you have like the celery and the uh, the apples and cucumber, but you don't really taste it as it's, as it's veggies. Like what I like is the proportion of our juices is just really flavorful and it's mm-hmm. enjoyable to be able to, you know, consume that, which I think is really important because sometimes you have a juice and it just ain't that tasty. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, we also have like outdoor dining. So I can't wait for the warm weather to come. Um, because when we did that last year, yeah, there's a little patio. We thought of that. We're like, we need to have that. Um, so it's really nice. Our windows kind of open like an accordion. So when it's warm, we just fully open them. So the people at the high tops can like sit and enjoy that fresh air. So it's just a really great atmosphere just to even walk into and like take a fresh breath and then walk back out. After you get the bowl, (laughs) which is good. Now, I want to also add, because it looks like you guys have some events that are going on coming up soon. So feel free to plug those away because we have about five minutes left. It time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) Gosh, we have so many things happening. So I'll just preface by saying that we are open now to uh, catering orders and private events. We've had a few private events like baby showers, birthdays, whether it's like semi-private where they just use our space and have the food or it's fully blocked off. We have that dance studio. So if it's like some of like a larger capacity um, party, then we have that ability to kind of now, you know, like a co-work together. Um, But in honor of International Women's Day, we do have a giveaway happening. It's going to be ending on uh, Tuesday night, but on our social media, you can nominate. So in the comments, you nominate a woman that you want to honor and why. Um, And uh, we're going to pick a winner to win a $50 gift card to Crave. So the person that nominates and the per- then the nominee will win a gift card. Um, on Saturday, we're doing a bill- bigger, like collaborative um, event. We're having free classes at Viva Ballroom Dance Fitness. That's the dance studio. So we have a booty class happening and Zumba, uh, as well as like samples products. We have a free gift coming from Crave. So we're just kind of doing all of that together on Saturday. We're going to be launching our very first trivia night um, at Crave on March 17th. So it's going to be, you know, a fun, more details to come on that. And we're celebrating our one year anniversary this year. So that's going to be on fifth. So again, some more details on that as well. Um, But it's going to be a fun time. So it's it's uh, a good time to be in because I feel like this is kind of where I feel like that new year because it's our one year and then spring is coming. I feel like this is my version of the new year. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm excited to see what happens for you guys, too. I mean, because it looks it looks and sounds like you have a lot going on. And obviously, you you guys have been very girls, ladies, women have been very, very successful, um, in, in your endeavors, uh, collectively, but also individually as well. So, um, a lot of props to you guys for that, but because you and I spoke earlier before you hopped on, I want to give you one, one minute to like, actually give a shout out to your shampoo, your shampoo 
shampoo and beauty product line? Of course. So um, another business that I'm personally a part of, aside from Crave, is a company called Monate. Um, and it's all vegan, clean, um, hair care, skin care, and wellness products. So that's something that I started relatively also around the time of Crave. That's just kind of been like within that wellness bundle. And I just said yes to everything. I couldn't say no. And it's taken me on this journey where I am now. So I'm very grateful for all of it kind of coming together and working together. Um, so that's just like a little tidbit. Um, but while I'm here, I'm going to give one last shout out to actually somebody special. I know we're you know, honoring the women and it is a woman owned business, but I have to give a big shout out to Kenny Garcia from Kenny's Meals. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he also has a coaching um, like for restaurants company. It's kind of like he's been our one of our biggest mentors, him and Mike from Aligned Hospitality. They Kenny comes in here like almost every single day. So if you need another guest, Kenny's Meals is your guy um, for meal prep. Um, he's also very like into clean eating and he has helped us tremendously just being like one of our biggest supporters. So I wanted to give him a shout out, uh, to one of the big guys that we have on a part of us. <laughs> so. Well, thank you for that shout out. And, uh, you know, hopefully hand in hand, like I will shout you out too, obviously, but, um, in the last minute that we have, why don't you plug Crave and, you know, plug some of the other businesses associated with Crave, where to find them, how to get in touch. So uh, you can find us on cravenatureseatery.com. Uh, a lot of the other businesses, when there's like collaborative events, get tagged in there as well. Um, we're uh, located at 1891 Brunswick Avenue um, in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. So right off of Route 1, uh, there's like a roundabout. So you'll find us. I know it can be a little tricky, but you'll get here. Once you get here, you'll know. <laughs> um, so we're in that plaza. Um, and the other businesses that I mentioned that are also owned by Violetta is Viva Ball or Dance Fitness. So if you want to move your body, there's yoga, dance classes. We have socials that we collaborate with Crave as well. Um, and there's her salon, which is called the Beauty Bar Design Studio. Um, but yeah, just come find us. Like I said, follow us on social media as well. It's just Crave Nature's Eatery for literally everything. You can see pictures of our food, pictures of our team. Again, our team, I... I'm in awe with like the culture that we were able to create here with the the team. I mean, I can't wait. Like we just celebrated employee uh, appreciation day with them. They are amazing, always smiling and just saying yes to whatever, you know, happens. So very, very uh, appreciative of them, you know, growing with us because we're figuring it out as we go with something. So. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, hopping on and joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And I look forward to Saturday. <laughs> we'll see you there. <laughs> so um, we do need to let you go. But thank you again for uh, joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you so much. All right. And we will be right back after this short break. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, or arpolicus at gmail.com. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. I have the pleasure of introducing Derek Gibbons to you. He is one of the co-owners of B-Town or Brewery Town 
food hall, which is in Brewery Town. Now, Derek, can you tell our listener? Well, th- first off, thank you for joining us. And um, and then first question for you to jump into is tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Uh, I am the co-owner of Glue Hospitality. We own a few different concepts in Philadelphia. We formed the company in 2019, me and my partner, Tim Liu. And uh, yeah, I've been in the business since I was 18, started off uh, in college as bartending, ended up studying uh, hospitality management at Central Florida. Then I worked at, you know, a, a numerous amount of places in Orlando, Miami, uh, running different food and beverage programs at, uh, you know, hotels, restaurants, fine dining. Uh, moved back to New York in 2013, where I worked uh, in nightlife for a few years and, you know, really, really cut my teeth on, uh, you know, learning that side of the business and special events, um, which was really fun. Got to meet a lot of celebrities, athletes, uh, you know, in the New New York nightlife scene. But ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to start my own company one day. And, uh, you know, when me and Tim met, we shared a, a mutual vision of what we wanted to do in business and, and life. Um, you know, we kind of started out with, with one of our venues, Vesper, and then grew the company from there through the pandemic and obviously had to switch more towards uh, full service restaurants as nightlife kind of wasn't a thing, uh, you know, during, during that two years with curfews and whatnot. But, you know, we're, we're really happy about where we are right now and, and happy of the team we built and we continue to grow. And you have continued to grow. I mean, it's it's like every time I turn like go on social media, I'll see posts from different people who have gone to several of your establishments. And I mean, I just just scrolling through them individually, I drool. Uh, but I had the pleasure <laughs> I had the pleasure to actually try some of your food recently um, for your grand opening. So mm-hmm. I just want to say congratulations on the the latest addition to hospitality um it's a huge a huge next step in in all of the different things that you offer and it you know kind of in my opinion is a bridge between nightlife and just you know being able to go somewhere with your family too because you know yes you guys offer a variety of food and a, a variety of cocktail menus that are just outstanding by the way um but you Thank have you. arcade games and whatnot there too. Yeah. So when we found that space, um, it, it was previously a restaurant before. So a lot of the infrastructure was there and they, you know, they did a great job. They definitely spent some money building that out. Brewery town is a, a bit of a food desert right now, as we've been saying, um, a yeah. lot of, a lot of new residential buildings, um, a lot of residents in the area, a lot of families. So when we saw the space and how big it was, you know, we really wanted to uh, create a gathering space for the community and a place where people could come and have uh, the option between many different things. And that's where we came up with the concept for the food hall, being that we have so many different cuisines in our portfolio right now. We kind of wanted to create a space where we could bring all those things together in that neighborhood and let people come in and and really just have a a fun time. You know, we don't, we don't want anyone to, uh, you know, feel like it's a a big to do. We really want people to feel comfortable coming in there, 
a few times a week uh, with their families. We have games and everything to keep people occupied and having fun. Um, you know, I think there there could be a little bit of a nightlife element there with people hanging out later in the night and drinking. But you know, it was really it was really fulfilling for us to see a lot of families in there this weekend with their kids and the kids having fun because none of our spaces are really like that right now. Although they are family friendly, they're they're more you know uh, a little bit on the finer dining side. Um, so you don't see all, all that kind of running around in uh, places like Figo or Zakaya. So it was re- it was really nice to see, and the feedback we got from the neighborhood was great. I think it's it's exactly what the doctor ordered over there. So people were were really excited. Yeah, and I like the fact that when you go in, when you enter, there's multiple like layers, floors. We'll say I don't want to say layers, yep. <laughs> but there's multiple levels. floors. <laughs> yeah, levels. <laughs> Thank you. Um, where you can hang out, like because you enter and there's like kind of like a playful lounge area. And then mm-hmm. you go up the stairs and, you know, you, you land at where there's two huge bars on either side. Um, and you could see through to see that what the kitchen is doing too. Yep. yep. And we are uh, actually getting ready to launch the outdoor space too, which I'm not sure if you uh, got to see, but we're going to have an outdoor area as well over there that can mm-hmm. fit about 80 to a hundred people, uh, dog friendly, so it, it's uh, I think it's going to be really cool to launch that for the spring and summer this year, because, again, there's just nothing in that neighborhood, uh, not even like this. There's just nothing at all over there right now. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's great. I think it's great. It's going to be great for private events, even where, you know, that lounge area, we could kind of rope that off if, you know, people want to have like some sort of celebration or game watch down there. Um, so it's, it's a really, really cool, unique space with the ability to kind of, you know, with the levels, like you mentioned, kind of compartmentalize stuff too. And people have private events while the full service restaurant is still up and running. Yeah. And I, let's dive into the, the restaurant, you know, part side of it as well, because you are offering an eclectic, uh, variety, well, <laughs> redundant there, but <laughs> an eclectic, um, selection of different, foods throughout several of your other locations that you kind of brought into this one one area so first off I want to say the uh what are they the the wanchos were one of my favorite things (laughs) yeah that's a chef chino classic that uh that I think chino had that on one of his restaurants years ago before we were even partners um so he's He's brought that back and he just put it on Raw's menu again. So that's, uh, you know, it's, it's fried wontons instead of, you know, your typical tortilla chip. And then it's got all the same fixings that a, a regular nacho would have, you know, the melted cheese, the pico de gallo, the guacamole, sour cream, jalapeno. And yeah, that's, it's addicting to say the least. It definitely is because it also, it coexists with the fact that like it, it goes hand in hand with where you're headed with the the scheme of or the whole theme of of brewery town food hall because you know it's it's got those bar food eats that you can that everybody enjoys i i I really don't know anybody that doesn't enjoy the bar food eats like the wings and the wanchos um that are shareable plates too um but then you have things that are a little bit more elevated 
and even more so where you have the the pasta dishes and whatnot from figo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and that's i think i think it's a it's a really unique space and something that like i said we haven't we haven't done anything like this yet but you know if you go to center city right and you take your family out there's Japanese restaurants, there's Italian restaurants, there's classic pub fare, you know, there's Korean restaurants in that neighborhood. You really don't have the option for anything. So, you know, for us to be able to like, a, you know, take everything in our por- portfolio right now and mm. blend it all to one space that way, you know, if someone's in the mood for a flatbread or, you know, a pasta, we have that. And those are, you know, all recipes from Figo. Um, you know, we're going to be adding in probably some more items from our, our Japanese, uh, restaurants, but we kind of wanted to launch with, you know, where, where it's at right now. I think the talks of doing sushi over there is something we're excited about. Um, but definitely something that we did, we didn't want to launch with that. We kind of wanted to ease into the, the sushi production. Um, yeah. you know, we brought back honeys, which was our ghost kitchen we created during the pandemic. So it's good to see that back on the menu. That was always, um, you know, when we had that at one of our other venues, it was always one of the top sellers. And then Chino threw in some classics too. So, you know, you have the Brewery Town Burger and some stuff that'll be staples on the menu. But it's going to be a really fun menu to play around with and do, you know, whether we do like seasonal changes or just specials that pop up, you know, from our other restaurants. You know, maybe we'll do like some ramen or something uh, when winter comes back around. Um, it, it's definitely, it's really unique. And, and I don't see many other spaces anywhere that kind of have this blend of all these different cuisines on one menu. So it's exciting. Yeah. And, and for, our, for our staff too, it's cool because, you know, they get to, you know, always switch up the menu and do different things and, you know, learn learn different cuisines. And then we can plug them in at other places too. So it's great. Yeah. Now I'm going to dive into, <laughs> I mean, I wish I could dive into one of your cocktails again, because that they were fantastic, but um, uh-huh. I'm going to dive into your cocktail menu as well, because that's something that you're also very well known for. Yep. Yep. And we, uh, Leda's is, you know, our, our main cocktail bar. We have great cocktails at all the restaurants. And that was another really cool thing where, you know, we could play around with that and take, you know, some of the top sellers from all of our restaurants and bring them to one place. And again, we're going to be constantly changing that, doing updates, seasonal changes. So when our menu changes at some of the other restaurants, we'll be able to bring, you know, those, those really popular drinks over to the food hall. Yeah. And now I had, um, I, I'm not sure I know how to pronounce it, but it, it was your cocktail with the brown sugar in it. It was like the brown sugar and, um, coffee and oh, it was probably, probably mm-hmm. the ortlieb the ortlieb it, yes exactly the ortlieb that was absolutely fantastic i mean i had i had one of your fruitier like sweeter ones to start with and but as mm-hmm. soon as i i tasted the ortlieb i was like oh no 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 that's my cocktail <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one so with the with the names we took all kind of uh uh, it an ode to all the breweries that used to be in Philly. So most of the cocktails are named after breweries, um, you know, being in brewery town. 
And then that one's cool because we have bagels and Coke coffee in there. Um, that 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 and the Brewery Town Smash was probably the two top sellers all week. And that's nice too because you know not only are you doing an homage to where you're located, you're also going to be introducing the neighborhood if they don't already know your other um, your other locations under Glue Hospitality. They're going mm-hmm. to be introduced to them too. And as you had said, it is a little bit of a food desert in that area. And so, you know, you bringing in sushi in, in from um, 20, 1225 Raw and also from um, Izakaya, you're, you're going to introduce people to a different, me- well, certain people to a different menu uh, that maybe they wouldn't be introduced to before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, it's almost like a, it's like a marketing tool for us as well to, you know, be able to, like you said, introduce these people to our concepts where, Hey, what is, you know, I see this, uh, you know, flatbreads are from Figo. What's Figo? Hey, that's our Italian restaurant in Northern Liberties. You should, you know, check it out. If you guys like Italian food or, you know, same thing with, you know, they like the wanchos. Hey, those are on our menu at 1225 raw in center city. And, you know, if you want a traditional Japanese meal, you should head over there. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's really cool. And I'm really excited about, you know, when I think the most fulfilling thing for me at this point is going through this whole creative process and having these ideas, but then ultimately seeing guests come in and, and enjoy it and, you know, overhearing things like, Hey, this is a really cool menu. You know, see things like this. That's, that's where I get my kicks now is, is hearing those things from the, from the guests. So it's exciting. Now we have a like about only four minutes left before I have to let you go. But before you do go, um, I want to ask you: Are you planning to launch uh, brunch at at Brewery Town Food Hall? Absolutely, yes, we are. We uh, are probably going to launch sometime in March. I don't have the exact date yet, but it'll probably be in the next two to three weeks. We already have the menu down. Um, but yeah, we're, we're excited about that. I think that will do really well over there being that it's such a big space and, you know, we'll have the outdoor open by then as well. So that's kind of how we're going to try to tag team it is get the outdoor open and and launch brunch as well. Um, so we're, we're excited about that. I think it's going to do really well over there and there's, uh, yeah, there's really, there's nowhere to even get breakfast over there. So I think brunch will do really well. And most of our venues, you know, we're, we're known for our brunch throughout the city. So I think it'll, it'll be a hit. So what are some of the brunch items that people can find or can look forward to, I should say? So we're, we're going to go with a little bit of a different model here. So this will be more of a, like a buffet style. So we'll have like carving stations, uh, create your own waffle stations, um, you know, obviously we'll have like some bagels from bagels and co for people, but those are a few of the things, you know, we'll, we'll have some traditional stuff like, you know, I think we're going to have an omelet station for it. So it'll be something really unique. And again, something we don't necessarily do at the other venues right now. Um, yeah. so it's, it's going to be really cool, but being that it's such a large space, we felt like that was the best way to introduce brunch over there. Um, but yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll be a hit and again, family friendly. So people can bring the kids 
Um, and I think the kids will really like, you know, the stuff like the waffle station. Um, so it'll be exciting. Yeah. And the parents, of course, especially <laughs> probably mom and well, mom and dad are going to love the, uh, the carving station, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have, um, will you be offering like vegetarian or, uh, gluten-free options? Yes, we have a few gluten-free options right now. Our, um, chicken tenders and uh honey's crispy chicken sandwich is actually it's a rice flour so it's actually gluten-free um we probably have to bring in some gluten-free bread and stuff like that because we we definitely have a lot of people asking for it this week um so we'll we'll definitely add some stuff like that uh we have the cauliflower on the menu which is with the honey's batter as well that that's a, a really really good dish um and that's vegan and vegetarian but based on the fact that we had we definitely had a lot of people asking for it this weekend so we're we're going to work on that a lot of the uh flatbreads are vegetarian um and then we we have to look at what other vegan options we can bring in but we definitely are uh, aware that people were asking for that so looking at what we can add yeah well, I look forward to seeing the different launches, the launch of the outdoor space along with brunch. And um, I can't wait until you bring, you know, your your sushi and, and Japanese fare there too, because I love Asian food. Um, but let our listeners know where they can find you and where they can find more information about Brewery Town Food Hall. Yeah, absolutely. So our Instagram and website is Town Food Hall. Uh, com obviously for the website and then the handle on instagram is just b-town food hall and then you can follow us at glue hospitality check our website for any updates um you know we have loyalty programs and all that good stuff so if people dine at our restaurants they can kind of rack up points and then and then get discounts and, and things like that and then you can always check our website for any up-and-coming events uh book brunch private events and uh, yeah, we're we're really excited to be in the neighborhood. We have another concept launching uh, in Brewery Town as well in the next couple of weeks. So we're we're really excited to you know expand our footprint throughout the city. All right, great. I look forward to what the next la- uh, launch is, and I thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. And. To our listeners, we will be right back after this short break, so stay tuned. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-hosts Gene Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. Welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs, and thank you for joining us. I would like to introduce you to a very interesting person who has quite the history in the hospitality business, Charlton Grunland, who owns Bar to Table. Charlton, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. I think I'm in the right place, the food part. (laughs) I right because <laughs> you cannot you cannot have food or beverages without farmers and you definitely cannot have beverages without them being easy to access so more um, and more yes 
So um, before we jump into bar to table and your your pre-made, ready to drink Bloody Mary, that is phenomenal, by the way, because I am not Thank a you. bloody. You're welcome. I'm not a Bloody Mary uh, uh, drinker. So the fact that I not only sipped it, but I was enjoying it in immensely. Um, it tastes exactly like a Bloody Mary should taste like, but I feel like I'm jumping in and I didn't want to. I wanted to jump into your history in the hospitality world. Yeah. Um, so that goes back uh, a few years, but in high school, I think everybody always gets a waiting job or usually works in restaurants in some capacity um, throughout their years. And I really enjoyed it as, as a profession, more so um, learning about it. I mean, I bartended, I waited tables, but I also worked um, back in the line and in the kitchen, you know, back of the house. So loved food, always loved food. I think I probably got that from my dad because he was a big time cook at home. So I always watched him cooking. So uh, I was probably watching uh, the, the food channels when they only had that at like 11 p.m. on uh, PBS or public television, right? Before food TV and all these competitions and everything else, so I turned that into uh, I turned that into a career um, for for a bit of time, right? I didn't do it I didn't do it by going to culinary school or anything, but I worked in a number of restaurants in uh, Philadelphia area, Atlantic City, New York. Um, before then, I eventually left the industry, but kind of food and beverage. Is, is a bit addictive as you might talk to, you might ask anybody and they'll tell you. Um, and it's never really, it's never really left my being. And this is sort of a, this is sort of a number of years later manifesting itself in a, in a canned cocktail. <laughs> and, but see, that's the thing you worked in the line and you were a chef. So it's not like you're just pulling flavors and saying, eh, it's okay. Like, you know, or like throwing a bunch of different ingredients together. And yes, there is like uh uh ingredient list obviously that is atypical of making a bloody mary um but you did it with the the nuance of having a chef's palate yeah i guess that helped right um and yes a bloody mary does have a, a number of ingredients it can have a lot of ingredients uh these days um and you know really going into the corporate world after my after my food and beverage world um it was interesting i was flying 90 100,000 miles a year being on planes and just wanting to Bloody Mary and it, and what you would get at the time was a can of oversalted tomato juice, a small little bottle of vodka and like a packet of pepper. And then there's your Bloody Mary. So it got to the point where I'm like, ah, you know, this isn't, there's gotta be something better. And then probably about five years ago, uh, I was with my current business partner and we're playing golf and I went into one of the shelter houses and it was a Sunday morning. And I was like, I just want a Bloody Mary. And there were, there was canned wine. I'm like, I can't, I can't drink this at nine in the morning. And then there was all this beer and everything else out there. And I'm like, this is, I'm like, I just need a canned Bloody Mary. And this was really before the whole canned cocktail craze. So um, either naivety or, or stupidity led me to determining I could do this. And, and from that point onward, I formed a company and then decided I'm going to turn this Bloody Mary formulation that I have into something that's commercially viable and uh, now something that's actually on the shelves. Well, okay. So off of that, off of what you just said, I want to also give a nod to the fact that you, amongst the um, uh, many hats you wore in the hospitality business, you also wore um, a strategical sourcing um, person. So what was that like? How much of that, that with your um, history being a line cook and a chef and the, the strategic, strategical sourcing like came into play with 
being able to create a, a, well, to create this, to create your bar to table Bloody Mary. Yeah. People don't realize that when you think about getting a job in the restaurant industry, people don't really connect the business behind it and how difficult it is to run a, a restaurant. You know, people are coming in the front door, they eat, everything goes well, and they don't really think much of it besides the fact that they're going to come back. But behind the house is a lot of controlled chaos. And and from a strategic sourcing standpoint, that's a, that's a direction that I went corporately after I left the restaurant business. In order to manage a, a kitchen, you know, everything's perishable in there. And it's a it's a small microcosm of a supply chain, right? Um, yeah. and, and worse in the fact that if you're opening a restaurant, most purveyors or vendors don't think you're going to be in business for very long, right? So they don't take credit. They don't take checks. They they take cash. And if you're yeah. spending cash out the door and you're not managing perishable inventory correctly, you could have a big problem on your hand and spend a lot more money than than you're doing in the first place. So I guess linking that to linking that to what you the question you just asked, it, it's really important from a business sense to realize, okay, that product that you're getting out when you're thinking about how to take something that's that's made in a kitchen, for instance, your formulation, turning that into something that's commercially reproducible and, and doing that in a way that can, can maintain a 12-month-plus shelf life being shelf-stable without any kind of cold box or without any other, uh, you know, outside of pasteurization, that all requires that same thinking in, in terms of sourcing and a supply chain thought process. So, there's a lot that goes into it that has to be thought about in terms of how you make it so that it stays fresh. It, it tastes the same every time. Um, you're not having cans exploding because, you know, tomato juice is a challenge and that's been known to happen in the past. Um, and then making sure that, you know, you know what I, tomato juice is a very kind of volatile uh, ingredient generally to um, to work with. So um, to accomplish what we've done, I think is, is it's taken a little longer than I would have liked, but I think we've done it correctly. And then that corporate background that I have um, definitely influenced that. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime you, you bring canning into the equation, like you have to worry about, you know, the acidity levels, the bacteria that, that might grow. So you have to make sure that everything is, is vacuum sealed. Then you, um, in the interview that I had listened to, uh, you had uh, mentioned that you utilized nit you sealed with nitrogen, which Correct. I mean, yeah, obviously that's going to kill off any bacteria that's possibly around the yeah. rim. Um, so I and it creates you know, that air vacuum, right? So when you do pop the lid on it, there's nothing in there besides yeah. just the product that you've packaged. Yeah, which is exactly what you need. Um, now, you um, started ex like obviously you made you came off as a big hit. You tested with um, uh, your friends and and whatnot who taste tested what you created um how what was the process that you got went through for going from you know testing the different products to actually like coming to fruition uh -huh. yeah kitchen to commercial i guess yeah um so i think the first thing i did was actually just uh make sure that that my personal network of of carefully chosen palettes uh enjoyed Right. People who liked Bloody Marys enjoyed what I actually created to begin with. Right. Yeah. Um, and then once that happened, uh, I worked with a company. Um, I worked with a company here in, in Chicago, where I'm based currently, uh, to formulate 
that kitchen recipe um, into, and it's not a flavoring, but basically formulated into a spice mix, yeah. right? Um, that we would then, that we then ultimately turned into, uh, that we turn into a concentrate that goes in, that, that gets in, goes into the can ultimately. Yeah. Now, I had alluded when we first started, I am not a Bloody Mary mix, uh, a Bloody Mary drinker. Um, but I have to say, like, I mean, and maybe you need to have somebody like myself, you know, who is a little bit more sensitive. I do have a very um, sensitive palate, but somebody who's sensitive to um, to Bloody Marys in that I it's not something that I normally would like, but I like yours. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you again. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, we've gotten so when we have people taste our product, we have a 90% liquor to lips conversion. And that's sort of jargon in the industry. Like if you taste it, you like it and you want to buy it. Right. Yes. Um, it's interesting because we've been at, we've been at exhibits or trade shows and you get it. We get it from both ends of the spectrum. Like I don't really like bloody Mary's and kind of like your, what you just described and articulated, you taste you're like, wow, this is actually pretty good. I actually really like this. It tastes like a bloody Mary. I might not drink a lot of them, but I like it. And then you get the other end of the spectrum uh, where people who are, I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a discernible palate when it comes to Bloody Marys, right? And they almost want to test you, which is great. I love that. Then they come over to the table and they're looking at you su- uh, suspectly like, oh, Bloody Mary in a can can't possibly be good. Um, then they, if I had a video of every person and, and a collage of people who would come take a look at it, taste it, and then you see their face completely change and then almost start bringing their friends over right? You got to taste this. You got to taste this, right? So, you know, that that's validating, certainly for us. Um, And validating for, you know, just for me, because coming from that food and beverage background, it's kind of like every plate that you sent out, you want to see it come back empty, right? Not empty after it's been thrown in the trash, (laughs) empty, but like they ate everything on that plate. And that and that because that's your validation for that you're you're you've done something well. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely did because you balance, I, I feel like I'm not really supposed to drink on air, but, um, but you balanced it well between the acidity level with the, like, uh, I feel like there's a slight, not like an overpowering peppery. Cause I feel like I've, and maybe that's what I didn't like in uh, previous Bloody Marys, but the fact that you're, you, you balanced it so well and it's available in a can, like where you can just take it anywhere. Um, it's, I, I can't, applaud you enough to like say oh this is perfect because there's a lot of people out there that you know that golf or that travel or that you know if if they want to go to a party and like have something that's easily like accessible now they can because now they have it in a can they don't have to figure out the equation of the different ingredients you can literally just go to your store where these are sold and pop it open yeah no i I, that's that's great. I think you should be joining my sales team. Uh, it was, I mean, it's fantastic feedback. You're basically talking like we would want you to talk if you were, if you were, if we were talking about the product, right? I mean, it's <laughs> it, the, the intent was convenience. The intent was um, consistency. The intent was premium. Um, and the intent was also around perishability because you, Bloody Mary has, could have like 13 ingredients in it. And a lot of people, you know, they have the one Bloody Mary party and then they have to throw everything out. If, and if, you know, whether it be peppers, whether it be horseradish or Worcestershire or all the other things that go into it, citrus, you know, certainly tomato juice. And then because you use it once, whereas 
this was intended to be like, look, I can have a can. It's great. I mean, I don't think it is. It's a Bloody Mary has been around a hundred years. It's been a top 10 consumed cocktail in the world for, I don't know how long, but it doesn't mean that people, you know, it's very popular, but people don't necessarily drink it all the time. Um, they, they drink it throughout the year at various different occasions. So if, if, if that, if we could support that, um, and that's what we wanted to do, whether, like you said, whether it's, whether it's boating, whether it's golf courses, whether it's just a retail experience, whether it's brunch on a Sunday at your house, whether it's mixing half of it with a, a, a great Mexican lager and making a Michelada, which it does make great Micheladas, um, you know, great. Then we've accomplished our goal. And, and I think to your earlier point, we really wanted to have it be complex from a flavor standpoint without being overpowering one way or another, because we could have been like the spicy Bloody Mary initially. And then everybody would know us as the spicy Bloody Mary versus like, hey, that thing's really awesome. Yeah. And, and I have to say, cause I think it was what a seven point, a 7.5, um, ABV on this, which given like that, it's a little bit on the higher side of the ABV, you know, I was thinking, oh, it's going to punch me a little bit in the face. No, you guys balanced that so well where it was subtle and it, you know, it came in a little bit after, like, it's not at the top of your, your palate when you taste it, it's, it kind of blends in and just a little bit subtly, like kind of moves forward and you're like oh there it is so it's very i loved how you did that thanks yeah we we wanted to come in in a range that was comfortable for people to drink right you can always bump it it's kind of like a haircut right <laughs> you can only <laughs> if you if you take too much off you're, you're not going back right so yeah. you know you can always add vodka to it if you want um if you have that so but it's consistent and and it's not overpowering like you said it fits that sort of low alcohol trend that a lot of people are looking towards right now. Um, it's vodka, which was always the intent to be a, a spirit based cocktail yeah. versus, versus malt or, or something else. Um, so yeah, we're very, you know, we're, we're very happy with the way it came out and we think it, um, we certainly think it, it meets the market and, and supports yeah. a market that's out there. It definitely does. And, um, and, and as you said, you can use it to, you know, mix it if you want more alcohol in there you can mix more in there but i mean just on its own it's extremely approachable so that's you know always a positive thing especially because you don't want to go somewhere like to a party per se and these are here and you get like a little too far in and you're like oh i can't drive like <laughs> this is this is perfect great great local stories so where where i live there's a there's a fourth of july parade every year and um when we were first came out and kind of getting on the market, we, we donated a, we donated a case to a friend's house who was right on the, um, right on the parade route. And one of the mothers came up to us afterwards, uh, or during the parade, she's like, I love you guys. I'm like, well, you know, why is it's Independence Day? I mean, you know, <laughs> what did we do? Um, and, and, and she's like, no, here's why I love you guys. Because in the past, when I've come to this parade, my husband would make me a Bloody Mary. The first one was great. The second one was 70% vodka. And then I had to chase my three kids around the rest of the day and I couldn't find them. And I was probably overserved, and it became a real problem. Whereas this time, you know, I can have a couple of these and I find my kids. The rest of the day is not shut. And I, I, I'm having a super enjoyable 4th of July party. So that that's kind of to your point, the, the feedback that we got locally when we were, we were at a 4th of July parade. Well, I'm glad that I can reflect the same feedback and, you know, it, and it keeps with that consistency thing issue because in, in the hospitality world, in the food industry, you know, consistency is key. It's everything. Um, 
Yeah, it's everything. You want to make sure that this can is going to taste exactly like the next can. Um, and so I, I give I applaud you because you definitely have found that that peak, um, you know, quality level that you were searching for. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we look forward to continuing that and and keeping that in the market as we as we continue to scale and and get into new new, new geographical regions around uh, around the country. Um, and we had so much fun talking. I am almost losing time with you. Uh, oh. Really, really quick. Um, what? Where can people find you online and where can people purchase cans right now? And do you ship uh, across nationwide? Yeah, so we do not ship across nation or across the nation right now, um, specifically because of the distribution system that currently exists makes that a little tough to do it in that direction. So what I would recommend is go out to our website, www.bar, B-A-R, the number two table. So bar to table.com. And you, we actually have a little location finder. You can put your zip code in and then see where um, see where we're carried and stocked. And if you don't find us in a particular area, then by all means, please do send us a note through the uh, the website itself, and uh, you probably get me to respond um, to to that, and we can figure out how to get you some. All right, thank you very much, and that's my timer actually. Um, thank you very much, Charlton, for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs, and thank you again for the delicious. Um, Bloody Mary, which is ready to drink. I love that you have that. And I look forward to the next endeavor that you're going to uh, branch out in, which is the spicy, which I did not have time to delve into. Sorry. Nah, no worries. But thanks. Thanks very much for having us on the show. It was great. And uh, we hope to do it again soon. All right. Thank you so much. And to everybody who is out there listening, you can follow us on Food Farms and Chefs. You can stream us live at any time by telling your smart device to, to play Food Farms and Chefs. And we play on three syndicated radio stations throughout the East Coast. So tune in, subscribe, like, and we will find you on the web on the web. And thank you again for tuning in.